Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Welcome to the Cobracast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky at Dog VP Etridge. Welcome to the show and Happy Father's Day to you, Ed Dog. Uh, thank you, mate. My very first one. Yeah, nice. So how was it? Oh, good, mate. Breakfast, breakfast in bed. Well, breakfast after my walk. Yeah. yeah, it felt different to be thanked for just being a father on a Sunday. Yeah, nice. For, so... I don't understand why I'm not getting thanked in presents every day, but yeah, it's yeah. what it is. Take it when it's there. Yeah, well, that's it, mate. Now, some egg and bacon roll and... Ice coffee, mate. Can never complain. Yeah, nice. And mate, you just got you got the few, you know, a couple of years to go. But in a few years, you'll be getting those nice little cheap, crappy gifts they get you from school. The Father's Day sales every year. It's uh, always uh, fun <laughs> to see what crap they're going to bring home for you. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah, it's great. I do look forward to it. Uh, so, what, what do you get for your Father's Day, mate? For your was it your sixteenth, your seventeenth one? I guess. Yeah. 16. Yeah. What do you get, mate? Oh, uh, well, not a lot actually, because as you know, stores are all close at the moment. So, um, yeah, didn't arrive in time, but that's all good, mate. Or, yeah. Ah, Shattery, mate. Oh, uh, you know, have a nice brekkie and all that. But, yeah. Nice. Got a nice uh, roast dinner for dinner. So, ah, lovely. Mate. So what, what, what more could you want? Right, well, could have got what I got, mate. What's that? I got the Suburban Footballers book. Oh, The missus nice. went out of her way and brought me the Suburban Footballers book. Look, I could go and get it now and show you, but as you know, Rift, I'm a little bit sick of social media at the moment, a lot of negativity. So I've put the Suburban Footballers book where it belongs. In the toilet, so I'm on the toilet, I'm reading the book. Uh, instead of scrolling through my phone, it's got pictures in it too, which sort of helps me out a little bit. Little bit. Uh, but the uh, best place for it, instead of getting in there, playing on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and getting rolled up at stupid opinions, I sit there and read the Suburban Footballers book, mate. What more could you want? Yeah, it makes, makes for a nice, relaxing bowel movement for you. It, it does. It also <laughs> means that I'm probably off to talk a lot quicker. <laughs> yeah, nice. But no, mate, it's a, it, it's, it's a good book. I've got stuck into it and I'll uh, give it a review once I've read it. So um, waiting for the joke. Oh, you can read, can you, dog? Yes, I can. Yeah, it's, mate, it's all right. I, you do do all the run sheets. So I know you can read, but 
Yeah, that's a good point. I also I'll... would like to point out that uh, Spurman football wasn't the nothing's better than playing at home video that we done in uh, April, start of end of March, start of April. And unfortunately, when this episode comes out, it's still applicable. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, mate, I look forward to the review and I uh, might have to pick up a copy myself. Uh, and yeah, Spurman football has come up a couple of times um, in recent Recent recordings, we've done an episode with uh, somebody that's got some jumpers from the, the Caulfield Bears. Yeah, so... Um, Quackers. Going to mention it around the world sometimes. Yes. But, mate, we are heading to Wales. Mate, before we go, it's Monday. Mate, mate it's Ed Dog's podcast recommendations. Oh, how could I mate, forget? How could you Jeez. forget? All, all right, actually, all right. I've, I've got two today. So I've got the football one... And a non-football one. The first football one I've got is a, a podcast called Kick to Kick. It's a podcast where every episode, they literally talk about the year of football that was. So they started back in 1800s. I think they're up to about the 1950s now. So they literally talk about every episode. So like 1903, 04, 05. What happened that year? It's For a football lover as yourself, Martin, I know you're not much of a podcast listener, but I reckon that would be sort of up your alley. You know, listen to stories of yesteryear and how Carlton were no good at the start of the you know, start of the VFL and all that yeah, type well, of stuff. Let me know when they get to, you know, 1970, 72, you know. Get, uh, you got about, another, some... about 30 weeks for that, mate. But my, yeah. se- my second one, my second podcast I've got is a local podcast. It's uh, from a past player of the club, Aaron Strahair who is the president of the Carlisle Park Vikings. And a, he's, they just, so they're doing it you know, like, like this podcast was intended to be originally, was to do results in the 40, talk about a club. They're doing one for their cricket club. So pass by Aaron Strahair and his co-host is a bloke called Mark Henry, who, a little fun fact, was the person who gave me the name Ed Dog. Oh, nice. So... And I, 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 yeah, I, I sort of feel like I know the podcast have been around for a while, but I sort of feel like we may have influenced this one because I did get a message from Henry a couple months ago asking how we go about doing it and what we what program we use and all that type of stuff. So I, I sort of thought maybe yeah, we had a little bit of a hand, yeah, yeah. just a little bit, but um, was, inspired them. Yes, and Cranbourne, I oh, said Cranbourne, the Carlisle Park Vikings are uh, you know do have quite a big connection with the Sandown Cobras. It's you know you you. Uh, your Chris Slater's, your Prox, Matt Benny's, a lot of blokes have, you know, uh, Heath Strahair, a lot of blokes have come from. He's waiting. The, a lot of blokes have come from the Vikings and uh, come to the club. So you know, maybe we need to get Strahair on, as on our show, and talk about his days playing Sandown. Yeah, maybe. But all right, for now, we're going to get into this one. We're going over to Wales. We're going to chance with chat with Garant from the Swansea Magpies. Uh, it's a great chat, and mate, one of the funniest stories we've heard is him running for parliament. So I won't give too much away about it, but uh, enjoy this chat with Garant from the Swansea Magpies. Yeah. All right, so today we are joined by Garant from the Swansea Magpies. Thanks for joining us on your lunch break, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. No, no, we uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us and we'll get stuck straight in so you can get back to work. Um, and our first question is, how did you come across Aussie Rules over in uh, Wales? I first came across the sport when 
I think my father was watching on Satanton. He's like, oh, you should, this is a pretty cool sport, whatever. I didn't think much more of it than that. And then one day at university, went to the gym and I saw probably the worst post you'll ever see in your life. Hardly any information on it, but it just caught my eye. And uh, I gave it a go and it was somebody who set up the uh, Swanty Magpies at the time. So they uh, put up a flyer at your uni. And yeah. No, no, no. The worst flyer he's ever seen in his life. Worst, at the worst flyer <laughs> that you've ever seen. And so that's how you found it. So luckily uh, you, you did find them. And have they improved their, uh, their recruiting efforts a little bit now? And... Um, recruitment has always been an issue in Swansea. Recruitment and in- retention, um, to be honest with you. I think because it's uh, a university city, we get a lot of people come and go, which makes it very, very difficult to build a, uh, any sort of long-term strategy around. So there's been a few times while I've been running this club, I thought, right, we've got a core year that we can build to become, to be really pushing for the title every year. And then you get excited for the next year, right, let's take these boys on, and then half of them are gone again. So that has been a big issue for us. Um we tend to get a few Irish guys, so they bring the Gaelic football um, skill set to it. But we don't, we're not really blessed with uh, Australians like some of the other clubs are. Yeah, well, that's, that can sometimes work in your favour, not having too many Aussies to rely on. But when did they first uh, start the Swansea Magpies and, and why did they choose the Magpies? Um, it was... The club was formed in 2007 when I know we spoke to Scott from the Panthers uh, recently and it was the same guy, Bryce Stone, went out to try and set up three clubs in uh, in Wales. There was Cardiff Double Blues, Cardiff Panthers and the Swansea Magpies and he had a guy called Alex Lebanski um, set the club up in Swansea and bless his soul, he was clearly a a keen Aussie Rules fan, but I'm not convinced he ever played a game in his life. Uh, so it meant that our training sessions generally consisted of booting the ball 50 yards to a contested mark before anyone could actually kick the ball 10. So there's a lot of chasing the ball around while it's flying off in all sorts of directions for the first season. So unfortunately, that meant we were pretty poor in the first year that we played. So we finished winless in uh, 2008, but uh, it got better, fortunately. So uh, why did he choose the Magpies? Um, I th- if I remember rightly, Bryce was from uh, Adelaide and he tried to pair um, team names up with teams from um, Adelaide. And for whatever reason, they just decided that Magpies would work for Swansea. So I think we got paired up with Port Adelaide Magpies, is it? Yeah. So we had a bit of a discussion uh, cut me out of, at some point in the night about the Swansea Magpies, about why you call the Magpies. And the, my theory behind reason being the Magpies and having the black and white colours is actually because of the Swansea, um, the soccer team, being the fact that their colours are black and white. So that was actually my thinking behind it, why you guys took the Magpies and added them colours out of the colour scheme. It could well have been the case at the time. And I think Swansea Swans doesn't really have a ring to it. No, nah, it doesn't, does it? Now, I, don't, I do know that when we spoke to uh, Cardiff, that was that they 
paired up. They did pair up clubs with uh, Sandful clubs, so that makes sense why. Uh, yeah, they put out the Magpies and the Swansea Magpies, but I'm just going to rewrite history and say that they went the Magpies because of the colours of the soccer team. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, yeah. especially as the nearby rugby team is in black as well, so black and white goes well. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so obviously your jumper doesn't do jumper. Your logo is a bit different to what a normal Collingwood logo would be, and I'm not 100. It could actually be the same as Parallel Magpies logo. So. Let's just skip that. We'll get back to that question because I think I might have just fucking butchered that. But um, yeah, I, I can tell you the origins of the uh, logo. Okay. Yep. I, we did start off with essentially a very similar logo to the uh, Collingwood and Port Adelaide Magpies, and then um, one of the boys was playing for a local rugby club and a local football club that had a a relatively similar sort of logo to this. So what they did is they stole the logo from the football club and replaced a football with a with an Aussie rules footy. That I think makes... it's a kind of nice logo. I think it's better than the uh, the Port Adelaide and the Collingwood Magpies logo. Yeah, I quite like it. As I said, like I, as I'm reading that question out, I'm just like, ah, oh, I probably should have double checked, and cause I did know that the clubs in uh, Wales were paired up with. I have sample clubs. I'm like, I probably should check that. But yeah, it's one thing I noticed with um, your logo is that, yes, you've got a, a common... Actually, I would say Magpies actually isn't exactly a common name around the world for football teams. But you've got a, an Australian rules name, but then your logo is different. Where a lot of clubs around the world have the same name, same logo, and uh, same jumper. And I'm pretty sure your jumper design is a bit different to the normal black and white stripes as well. No? Uh yeah, we, we, we have got um, uh, a black and white striped jumper, but we've got a nice big similar sort of logo to this across the That's front it, there. Yes. And um, I, I, I'll take credit for designing that one. <laughs> um, but there is a little bit of a sad story to uh, our current Guernsey. So back in 2014, one of our uh, players died in a car accident. And um, it was just because of freak weather conditions. He was, he was a slow driver, what have you, and he just aquaplaned into a tree, unfortunately. And um, as a result, um, we made a conscious decision to get a new Guernsey put together. And every single logo, um, every single sponsor of that Guernsey is, is related to the boy who died. So companies he'd worked for, the local university went to every single one of them went together as a um i said as, as a, a memorial to him and we've got a, a little logo on there as a memorial to him and we retired the number 12 jersey as a result as well yeah that's a, a nice little uh gesture there and um We've just spoken to a team in Munich who um, unfortunately lost one of their star players uh, earlier this year to a, a car accident as well. And no. Sorry. It wasn't her team. but It wasn't her team, but yeah, yeah. in Germany. She played for the, the Germany team. Oh. Um, and, yeah, they were, they were just had planned to do a round uh, in honour of her memory. And it's something uh, we're learning that, you know, a lot of football clubs in Europe have 
use their football as a way to uh, honour former players that have tragically lost their lives early or been in accidents. And I know um, West Lothian have a, a former player that had a tragic accident as well, and they do something to honour him. And it's something we, uh, uh, through our football, we you know we always like to make sure that we're um, involving the community and. Um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but to use your football club to honour your know, former player in such a way is fantastic, and um, to have a reminder of him all the, every time he put the jersey on is something that's uh, uh, admirable. And um, I'm sure that that number twelve jersey holds a special place somewhere uh, within yeah, the club. The, the cut- we, we did get a number 12 jersey made up. Um, we gifted it to the parents of that uh, boy, to Josh, Josh Hobbins' parents. Um, we, all, we gifted it to him, uh, them after playing a memorial match in his home village as well, um, where a lot of his family and friends came out to watch it. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. And it's great that you were able to, to do something like that for the parents because I'm sure uh, you know, no parents would ever wish to lose a son but to be able to have a, a you know a sporting community that gets around and helps honor his memory is something that uh, is fantastic that you guys do that um but you mentioned that you found the team from a pretty ordinary flyer and right, i just want to point out rifty so in recording this i think you are our fifth interview for the day so far today we've had uh, the Fighting Squids, who we've named the, the, the most unique team in the world. Is that what we went with? Yep, yep. Um, and then we went with... <coughs> who was the other one? There's another club that was uh, the most something. I can't remember what it was. That's how many we've done. But now we're going with Swansea, the, the team with the most ordinary flyers in the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they're not the most ordinary flyers in the world now. But yeah, it was at, at the time, it was definitely the most ordinary flyer. I think it was just a couple of words... On, uh, on a on a blank sheet of paper. Is that what got your attention? You're like, oh, this is atrocious. What is this? <laughs> I don't know what it was, but is, is that something got attention. They don't have time to make flies. They're obviously doing something important down there. <laughs> yeah, well, to help you recruit, I reckon we're gonna have to send Ed Dog over. He'll hit up the bars for you. He'll you'll get drunk with all the boys over in the bars in Wales and. and drive your recruiting for you. I'll, I'll do one better. <clears throat> so um, as uh, our muso friend who made our music for the start of our podcast, my brother-in-law, uh, Lewis, is actually a mad Swansea fan of the soccer. So I'll bring him around and I reckon I could get him, you know, just as drunk as I am and get him chewing blokes ears off and getting down to the club as well. So yeah, you got, awesome. the, you got the you know, two of us going. Admittedly, Probably better off just me coming that way I get more beers. But I'll bring him with me, and uh, we've got two blokes trying to recruit for you. That's exactly what we need. It's, uh, it's, where, I my best, it's where I do my best work in the pubs trying to recruit. I've got a thing, there was one Bucks weekend I went away with, and I managed to recruit two people on that Bucks weekend in the space of 20 minutes after enough beers. But we'll, uh, yeah, I have to help you with the recruiting there. Because uh, you are looking at getting back into the waffle, and how's things going with you guys getting back to getting a team back we, for the waffle? 
we've had a few of the boys come back recently saying, right, we need to get the boys back together, we need to get going again. And I think we probably got, we, we compete in the nine-side league and we've probably got six boys that we can call up. They're all fairly good players as a starting point. Um, and obviously the hope was that we could do something this summer, but obviously with COVID happening, and I did try and be a little bit cheeky um, last, was October, November. So uh, I, I actually stood in the last general election for a local political party. Knowing full well, I wouldn't get, um, wouldn't get elected, but I actually stuck in the, fly, in the flyer that went out to everyone in the community about uh, the Swansea Magpies Aussie scene. So I used politics as a way of uh, <laughs> getting the name up there. That is definitely making sure the flyers are a lot better at the club to, to recruit players. That's mate, that's fucking all. That's gold. We've 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 like you mentioned. We've recorded. This is our fifth for the night, and each one we're learning new things that we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna take that back to our club. I reckon next local election, I'm running for mayor. You're running for the, the city of Casey. No, we'll, bo- we'll both run for mayor. Yeah. That way, there's twice stuff going out. No, we'll just run for mayor in different different areas so we can spread our reach. <laughs> That's just so good. And so what I want to know though is when you ran for office, I won run for the local election. Were you like at any part of you actually hoping to get in, or was it literally just to get the Swansea Magpies and they out there in flyers? I really didn't want to get in. At one point, early on in the election campaign, everyone was like, "We don't like Labour, we don't like Conservatives. You're the best man for the job." And I thought, "Oh God, <laughs> I'm actually going to What if I do get elected? I'll have to give up my job. I'll have to move to London. Oh no." <laughs> um, but fortunately, it didn't turn out that way. Momentum went against me, and uh, yeah. I, I got my deposit back, and that was the important thing. <laughs> you, you you just have to like be all of a sudden just say something or do something outrageous just to make sure people didn't like you. <laughs> just to make sure you didn't get. I, 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 I don't think that works anymore. I mean, Boris hid in the fridge, and he became uh, prime minister. So uh... <laughs> yeah, look at America as well. I guess. That's... Um... <laughs> Shit. I reckon about three or four years ago, a bloke that plays for a team that we play against ran for a local council, local election. He played for Cheltenham. And one of our players lived in the area, so he got the flyer in the, in the mail. And he sent me a picture of it. He's used a picture of him playing footy. And I'm actually in the picture chasing the guy. And I reckon if he had had that picture taken about three or four frames later, he would have had me nailing him in a tackle and he was using that for his bloody election <laughs> I, I, I went one better well I'd like to think I went one better I had uh, me playing for Wales smashing an English guy so uh... <laughs> and you wonder why you almost got elected <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of guy we need at our yeah. fighting for us at, at the elections Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I've lost. For, yeah, yeah I, sorry, I lost where we were. I'm like, I, how did we get onto that? But um, okay. So, so whereabouts do you guys train and play? Um, we have been training in a local rugby club and playing in a local rugby club that I play at, um, at Tonna, which is um, 
it's, it's kind of five miles outside of Swansea, really. But over the last couple of years, we've been moving to the recreation ground next to Swansea University to train, to try and get more people who live in Swansea to get involved. But as I said, this year has been a complete washout. So uh, start again next season. So as you mentioned that you were hoping to get something started this year, back get the team back into the league. Has the COVID, the fact that your league probably won't go ahead this year, is that sort of a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Does that sort of help you guys get prepared for 2021? Or is it sort of slow a little bit of momentum that you may have had going to 2020? I, I think it'll probably be a good thing because I think it's made a lot of the old boys realise that they want to get back into doing it again. And I think on that front, it's been really good for us. Um, whereas it was probably a little bit of apathy before that. So, yeah, I think it's sometimes a bit of bad news can bring some good news. Oh, wow. Sorry. So, yeah, you're you're still, sep- you're, you're, sorry, you're still stuck on uh, him running for parliament, aren't you, mate? Yeah, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I think that's gold. Uh, that's one of the best things I've ever heard, I reckon. So, when we talk about think, thinking outside the box to promote your we're, club. We've just sat there. We've just sat here for the last probably half hour before chatting to you, talking about you know, how we've, we've thought outside the box, how other people at our club need to try and keep us moving forward. And so to hear that, that is just, that's, that's outside the box. Yes. I mean, it always backfired on you, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. it didn't. It would have been a pretty cushy job. Wouldn't it? Just... Yeah, imagine that though. So, uh, what you get elected? So, why did you decide to run for parliament? Oh, I just wanted to promote my footy club. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, essentially, I joined the party um, for the reason only for the reason of trying to push some of my ideas into the manifesto. That was my initial reason for joining. And then when the election came around, they're like, "Anyone going to stand?" No, we need to find somebody. I said, oh, fine, I'll do it. As long as I can promote the club. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so what, what sort of tournaments have you played in? Um, so obviously, we, as a club, we played in the um, Warfel tournament, uh, Warfel League for, well, between 2007 and 2016, we were playing regularly. And then after that, we've been training and, um, uh, helping other teams out with players as well. Um, there's also some pre-season tournaments we've taken part in. And then other than that, there's been... They used to have this really good competition in the UK called the Brit Cup, where each league would put the best players from their league to play against the best players of other leagues against each other. That was a, a really good competition, and that seems to have stopped... Well, as far as I'm aware of, it seems to have stopped now. And then I've also played um, some European Cups for Wales as well. Oh, and a couple nice. of trading chums. Cool. And so sort of how much support do you get from the other clubs and, and the league in your aspirations of getting the, uh, the team back into the Waffle? Um, I think there's a... A general um, desire for us to get back back up and running, but I think they've got a lot on their own plates to keep themselves busy, to um, for them not to have 
the resource to be able to help us too much, to be honest with you. Um, as I said, there's a lot of good, um, good vibes, got lot, lots of positivity, but uh, unfortunately, that is the limit at the moment. Uh, I, I think what one of the differences that has been between ourselves and Cardiff, and one of the things that they've been really successful with is right from the get-go, they had a, a good core of boys who were keen to get involved in all the off-field stuff as much as the on-field stuff, and that's helped to grow their club. Whereas when we've had players on our side, it's been they just want to play, which has left everything on my shoulders in terms of organising um, fixtures, getting everyone together, Guernsey's sponsorship, etc., etc., and uh, running training sessions. And it's a lot of um, stress put on one person then, really. I, I couldn't imagine um, having to do all that stuff. Like Obviously, our club's a bit bigger, but I think even doing half the task that you're um, on your shoulders would just be a lot to deal with. But how hard have you found it to get sponsors for the Magpies? Um, prior to um, Josh's unfortunate passing, it, it was quite tough. We, we did have a season sponsored by uh, Walkabout. But when you've got boys who, who aren't that keen on going having team socials or what have you, then pubs aren't that keen on sponsoring you. So it, it, it's a two-way thing, really. If the boys aren't putting the effort in to back it up, then people aren't that keen on sponsoring you. So there's only so much you can do as a team manager, stroke, uh, player, stroke, coach, stroke. <laughs> all things to all men. Treasurer. Secretary, political candidate. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to apologise to you too, Rifty, because we sat here in silence before. I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's you've got to go. Then you've answered, asked the question, and I was still that thrown off by the political thing that I had completely missed two of my questions that I needed to ask. So my apologies, <laughs> mate. But um, so what kind of social things uh, do you guys do, like uh, events and stuff like that? There hasn't really been any for a while. We, we, we've had a few uh, days where we went down to watch the Anzac Day ga game uh, down at Walkabout, what have you. But generally now, it was just um, training sessions and that's it. Which is a shame, really, because you know as well as I do, the strength of the club comes just as much from what they do off the field together as what they do on the field together. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, a main focus for most of our boys is the stuff they do off the field. And uh, we just spoke to some lovely girls from the Great Britain Swans that are through this time focusing a lot on the uh, building up camaraderie within their club just by using Zoom to, to stay in touch with all the girls. And uh, yeah, you, you've got to build those relationships off the field to have success on the field. That's, that's uh, definitely. I think one thing that is, in terms of a league side of things, that is pulling thing, people together at the moment, is we've signed up to this running challenge, which is a bit insane, really, where uh, I don't know if you're aware of it. Is the, this the, uh, the run to the MCG? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you guys are crazy. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I'm regretting it, and we're two and a half weeks in. Um, <laughs> I think we're in second place just behind Scotland at the moment. I think everybody else has given up from what I can see because I think Germany are over 1,500 kilometres behind us in third place after two weeks. Um, so we're up to 5,000 kilometres at the moment, half week, well, come to the end of week three. Between so, Thirty people. Thirty of you have put in five thousand Ks. Yeah. Jeez, that's that's not bad. Uh, how many of those Ks you've put in yourself? I'm putting in about fifty K a week. Jeez. And it's a big jump up from five K a week. So uh my body's not uh not a big fan of me in, in between my running days, shall we say. Yeah. But there's a couple of boys who put in two hundred plus Ks in, which is absolutely insane. I think they must be on furlough. I, I don't think how how you can put that sort of mileage in while working is beyond me. Yeah, yeah I, I don't get it. Ridiculous. <laughs> but no, I have been uh, keeping a, a close eye on the run to the MCG and I have been seeing some of the kilometres being putting in and I sit there and just uh, shake my head that anyone would want to do that. <laughs> but it, 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 is, it, is a, it is a great initiative. By the time this comes out, I'm... I'm assuming it should be finished by the time this comes out. Otherwise, it'd be a lot of running in between now and then. But um, yeah, I think it's a great initiative that O'Neill's and AFL Europe and or whoever it was that actually came up with the idea has uh, put out there to um, as a way to keep people fit and keep people uh, connected in a, a tight knit uh, AFL Europe family. But you mentioned that you've played for Wales. So how many times have you put on the uh, the Wales jumper and at what events? tournaments? Uh, I've played 17 games for Wales. Um, how many times? I'm not sure because obviously some of these tournaments have got multiple games in them. Um, but I played at the European Cup. Uh, I played at a couple of Tri-Nations. And then we've had a couple of friendlies against other countries like um, we played Irish Exiles. We played Canada. Um, so it's, it's been a fair smattering of um, countries and both nine aside and 18 aside and it's a completely different game 18 aside to nine aside i've got to be honest with you yeah i could imagine it would be that's for sure we uh we spent about the last half hour talking about uh playing some nine aside games in uh during our our off time our off season now that we're not going to have a season and we're trying to some of our guys are like a minor side. That's that's not real football. That's rubbish. And we think, well, around the world, there's there's people that have only ever played the minor side game. And uh, admittedly, admittedly, they are thinking of the non-contact version that we do have. So yeah, but yeah, it's um, we we obviously we do play contact. And yeah. the good thing about minor side is you get a lot more touches on the ball. Um. But the bad thing is, because you get less long kicks, you don't get many speckies. Mm-hmm. Um, the stars have to align. And I think there was one occasion when the stars aligned for me. I thought, I'm going to get a specky. And I saw one of the quite injury-prone players in front of me. I thought, no, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> so I pulled out. And then he turned to me and went, mate, why didn't you get it? I said, I'd, I'd have ended you. He was like, you should have ended me. That would have been a spectacular specky. <laughs> So I'm regretting that now in hindsight, but it uh, should have been done. That's all right. There's not too many speckies 
um, taken in our, our footy either. And most of the time, if a, do- a guy does get up for one, he ends up almost killing himself by landing on his head. So, or, uh, or, or they'll sit there and be like, oh, did you see how high I got? And they got like that far off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would have been quite a good one for me that day because it was a very boggy day as well. So it would have been a soft landing. So, yeah, that would have been a little bit easier on the body. Um, but so speaking about your career, what, what position do you play? Uh, by and large, I play full-back. Um, I'm probably best off at half-back, but finding people who understand how to play full-back in Wales is very difficult. I've had a few boys think it's like being a goalkeeper and they just stand on the line doing this. <laughs> and, uh, and they just played around. Um, so I, I feel like I contribute more to the game at half-back, but I'd like to think I'm one of the better full-backs in the league. So um, and I, I quite relish the... I don't like playing against the faster guys because you've got to be really on your toes to, to get the ball bef- uh, before them. But the guy, the bigger guys who like an arm wrestle, it's always good fun then, giving, giving it around with them. That's right. That's uh, go on. Go no, on. no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> it. I was waiting for you to mention it, so you, you can mention it. Well, you're talking to a full forward over there, and but you know, when guys start talking about their their time at full back, he he just starts thinking, I wonder how many goals I'd be able to kick <laughs> on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I really shouldn't have given you shit the last episode, should I, Rifty? <laughs> I'd love to say not many. Um, <laughs> But it's one of those things, it all depends. If you play full back, it all depends how good the defence around you is. If you get pulled around, then uh, you're not much on your man-to-man job. But if you've got a good defence around you, you can get stuck in man-to-man. It's good fun then. Yeah, so, so you're not completely wrong, Rift. I don't sit there and go, oh, geez, I wonder how many goals I'd kick on them. I actually do sit and go, oh, I wonder, wonder how I'd go on them. Just, as, just out of curiosity, because you mentioned that you don't like the quick guys, but you like the uh, blokes who like the wrestle. And I'm like, oh, well, I reckon I may have you there because I'm a bigger bloke. But I'm actually, well, I used to be quite, before my Achilles, I used to be quite quick off the mark. So I used to be uh, have a lot of blokes fooled. So I was like, oh, I reckon I might have him if he doesn't like speed. But if he likes arm wrestling, I'm a, I'm a bit fucked. But like likes to wrestle. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a slow player, don't get me wrong. But when you get the absolutely rapid players, they're, they're the hard ones because you've got to really be on your toes then. But anyone likes to wrestle... You can punch the ball away, and then once it's on the ground, they back myself to get the ball away then. Yeah. And as you said, if you've got a good uh, defense in front of you, it makes your life a lot easier. I said in an episode I listened to the other day, uh, back to, that the hardest fullbacks I've played on may not necessarily be the, um, the best actual players, but they're the best generals. They're the ones that will tell their players where to sit and where to move to stop uh, the full forward movement. But... um. Uh, in that way, it is a bit like playing a goalkeeper in football, in that you're commanding your defence around you, or fullback in rugby. Even yeah, you're just bossing the defence around you. Yeah, yeah, you're in a perfect position to see exactly where the ball is going to be coming in and not following it, not always on you, always moving. But uh, what number do you like to wear? Seventeen, and it's a bit of an odd number. Um, it came back from when I was playing junior soccer football as we call it here, where one day I picked the number 17 uh, jersey up and I got man of the match. And I thought, oh, 
I'll try this next week. I got man of the match again and it became a running thing. And then I, I changed clubs and they forced me to wear another number. And I was playing poorly and then they went, all right, then you can wear number 17. And then I'm on a match again. I thought it just became like one of those lucky number type things. And so I've just stuck by 17 since. I'll tell you what, Rifty, uh, that question started, when we introduced it to the run sheet and the question, it started pretty slow. It started off as just, oh, well, whatever they give me. And then over the last probably eight or nine episodes, we're now getting blokes that have a, well, blokes or women that have a certain number. I'm enjoying it. I like the people that have a number and that's theirs, not just, oh, whatever the kit gives me. Yeah, I like a little bit of superstition to the number. That's it. That's good. It's your lucky number. and, uh, and it's, yeah. it's one of the great things about Aussie rules is you can wear whatever number you want, wherever you want in the field. It's not like I, I play a lot of rugby. Uh, I used to play rugby league at university as well. And if you're full back in rugby when you're 15, in rugby league you're one or whatever, there is a set number for your position. With Aussie rules, it is whatever number you want to wear. It's quite cool. Quite cool. It's even similar in soccer. Like obviously, you can wear whatever number you want, but it's sort of if you're a striker, you know, number nine. If you're keeper, yeah. one. If you're back four, you know, we a tour or three out wide, four or five in the middle, of the centre backs. But yeah, it's a bit different. Um, uh, who do you follow in the AFL? Uh, I am a magpie in the AFL. As much as I've been told that um, they're all bogans down in Collingwood, um, I think because they're one of the first teams I watched, my father, I've just followed it down from there, really. But I, I must admit, I'm not a keen watcher of Aussie rules. I don't think what um, the TV coverage really gives a flavour for how it is to play. I think it's, it's just a completely different game to watch, I think. Yeah, and I guess when you're playing mainly nine aside, it is quite a quite a different game, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And the the speed of the sort of nine aside, how uh, you know you can quickly go from one end to the other and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about your favourite player of all time? Um, I don't really have a favourite player. I, I have a player. So this is a bit of a silly one, really, but part of the reason I got into um, Collingwood is they had a full forward at the time. I think he was a full forward called Chris Tarrant. Yep. And obviously, Chris Tarrant is the name of a celebrity over here for um, he's a host who wants to be a millionaire. And just oh. because, and when I was younger, I just thought, connected those uh, names and just followed it from there, really. Yeah, well, uh, Chris Tarrant was definitely known for taking a specky or two in his his prime. Um, so he's the one that you're probably uh, picturing yourself doing a Chris Tarrant over that that young bloke before you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. To take it, but um, all right. Now it's time for uh, Ed Dog's favourite thing. It's where oh, it's also your favourite thing, mate. Don't put this on, mate. <laughs> we're gonna get you to throw some of your. Teammates, current teammates, former teammates, uh, whoever, anyone that's played for, for Swansea or or you've played alongside for in Wales team, uh, just, yeah, anyone that you've played Aussie rules with, uh, we're going to get you to throw some of them under the bus for us. So what's the first one you got, Ed Dog? Uh, so who in your time that you've played with would be the class clown or the joker? Oh, I think I'd go with John Mark. 
so he he's a bit of a character um he was when he joined the team i was like He's come from Australia, and I thought, yes, we're finally going to talk an Aussie who's going to take us on to the next level. Um, unfortunately, he hadn't played the game of Aussie rules before uh, coming to join us. Um, but he's a big character, and I think one one of my all-time favourite moments in the field involved him, where in his first game, um, ball comes down from the ruck, comes to him, and he boots the perfect 50-yard ball into the goal square. Unfortunately, it was our goal square to their full forward, <laughs> who scored an easy, uh, easy goal. And it was just one of those moments where the entire field, apart from the full forward, just stopped going, what's he done? It's uh, always a classic when that happens. It's happened a few times in our games. And... Every time we hear another club from where they were, tell that story. It always, it always gets me. I love it. Just, it never gets old that story because you know it's always somebody different. So it's like, okay, someone else is fucked up just as much as someone else in the world has. <laughs> um, about, how about the party animal? Um, I think it's difficult to say really because we don't really have that many socials to say there's that much of a party animal. And, and I think a lot of the boys are getting older now, settling down with kids. So I, I think it's very difficult to point the finger at anyone who I could say is a party animal in the team. Oh, that's all right. Um, what about the guy who just takes the game far too seriously? Um, so we have this boy called Tim Atkins. So he played for Great Britain, good player, but he was he was very full of himself as well. I think what one day it got to me where he put. We play in the, one of the other Cardiff teams, um, Cardiff Double Blues, before a game. And he was really disrespectful. He put it on social media, I can't wait to score 100 points in the game for the first time today. So I thought, right, I'm not having that. So I stuck him full back. Um, he did manage to get a few points, but no, I, wasn't, I was not having him having 100 points after the way he spoke <laughs> on social media like that. Can't dis- disrespect people like that, can you? That's, uh, that's a fair point, and that's uh, something we dislike about some of our boys that think they're a bit bit better than what they are and need to be taken down a peg or two sometimes, so uh, we don't mind that one. Um, but who's who's the one guy you wouldn't want to have to share a room with on a on a trip with the Wales team or Ooh. going to a Euro Cup or something? I know some of the younger boys, they are very full on with their banter with each other. They've got their little click on the go or whatever. And as I'm getting older, you're like, oh, I can't be bothered with this anymore. So I'll probably um, check both John Escott and Cal um, Broomman and the best there. They're great on their own and they get on like a house on fire, but having to deal with both of them at the same time, I think, uh, yeah, I'd struggle with that for a. Uh, for a trip, away day trip. I can understand why, but um, yeah, but this is probably my favourite question for the whole. Uh, every question we ask is the best nickname at the club. Oof, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Not many of the boys have got nicknames, and when they have got nicknames, they've come from the rugby clubs. So. Um, one of the boys is called Irish, and he's not Irish. Um, I 
I don't know. So, so even that, I like that. It, it's you just as soon as you say he's Irish, I'm like, okay, he's obviously Irish, but no, he's not Irish. His nickname's just Irish. <laughs> we've got a yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got a player, a past player, but it's all you know, quite heavily around all those boys and likes to enjoy a good time with his nickname, the Russian, and uh, he's Greek. Yeah, he come down and I was. I'm sorry. <laughs> he likes to. He likes you to be technical. He's from. His dad's from Cyprus. He's not Greek. Okay. He's... I I know it's a bit different with the rugby club because once you get a nickname that sticks, when people see your name down on the team sheet, they go, "Who's that?" And they have to go, "Oh, that's Rubber or that's Kenyan or whatever." Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't know that was his real name. We have many of them, including Rifty's first time finding out a. Warren? <laughs> yes, yes. We have a guy whose nickname is Killer. And it took until probably three, four, four, five years after knowing him that he added me on Facebook. And I, who the hell is this Warren guy adding me on Facebook? And I looked at the picture. Oh, it's Killer. First time I, I'd ever seen his first name. So. And there's a thing with, um, the only, like, there's a few people like Killer and our coach Fattis. Um, even uh, there's a lot of blokes at our club that the only person that is actually allowed to call them by their first name is their partner. Like one day, <laughs> my wife, uh, so Fattis, our coach's uh, first name's Matt, and his partner will call him Matt. And Kelly's go, my wife goes one day, oh, oh, so Robin and Matt are coming around. I've just looked at her going, don't you dare. You, no, it's, it's Fattis to you. It's not Matt. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know who the hell you're talking about if you say Matt. So yeah, it's a, it's been like same with Killer. The only person I've ever heard him call him Warren is Leanne. Everyone else, it's, it's Killer. Like it's, a, it's just a, it's a rule. You don't unless you're the partner, you don't call him by their first name. Agreed. And it doesn't help when we have about thirteen mats at our club, and the only way we, that's why not not a single one of them gets called Matt. I've never called one of them Matt ever, and I think I one time stuffed up and I actually called. Dicko, who's another Matt, Matthew Dixon. I called him Michael Dixon because it had been so long since I said his first name. I actually got it wrong. <laughs> so on that, wow. on that front then, we've got two Rickies here. So what do you both go by in the club? Well, now we go by, well, I've gone by Et Dog for 12, 13 years. And he now goes as Rifty. But Rifty is only a, a very, very new nickname. And before that, his nickname was Rick Dog. So you had Rick, Rick Dog and Et Dog. So the amount of times where he'd get called Et Dog and I'd get called Rick Dog was incredible. <laughs> and being that we're both Rickies, that, yeah. So our nicknames didn't really help differentiate each other. Eight, differentiate each other. Um, so now he's Et Dog and I'm Rifty or the Prez. That's, it. That's what I get called now. Um, and it, it seems to work a bit better. I haven't been called Dog for a little while now. I think the other, the next question then, a bit of a Rick and Morty reference. Which one of you was the Rickest Rick? Nah, he's the pickle. I get pickle. He gets pickle. I get pickle. Yeah. So he's pickle Rick, and I'll be the Rickiest Rick of Ricks. But uh, thanks, Eve, for joining us, man. I'm sure you've got to get back to work now and we, we won't keep you much longer. So um, how active are you guys on Facebook? Are we, where can we get us follow along and 
share your if journey. Uh, it, we've got a, a Facebook page and a Facebook uh, profile. So it's Swansea Magpies is Facebook page, and then the profile or the group is Swansea Magpies um, Squad. 2018 is the last one, so I'll, I'll update it to 2020 because there's already a Swansea Magpies group there that I couldn't get rid of, that the admin's long gone. I've had to stick it to that. And there's also a Twitter account as well. So if, if anyone's interested in joining the Swansea Magpies, you know where to find us. Yeah, nice. We'll definitely share those. And um, yeah, thanks again for your time and good luck with the next election. Hopefully you can... Uh... <laughs> You broke your shit there, Rift. Ah, my light just fell down. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Hopefully you can uh, make Parliament in your next election and uh, spread the Swansea magpies even further. Yeah, or at least get more players out of it. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, mate. Ah, beautiful. Thanks, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.